Hi, everybody. Welcome to East Coast Office Hours and by its East Coast Office Hour podcast. Uh, <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm Merit Kay, and with me, as always, for this one is fan by EIC, Danielle Riando, and it is just a, a lovely day outside here in sunny Brooklyn, New York. Oh, it's like the most beautiful day we've had in a good, you know, seven months or so. And usually yeah. the first good day is like everybody and their mom and their grandma and their dog is outside like enjoying it. And like there's definitely some people doing that, but it's I just I just want to go outside. I just want to go outside, take in some sunshine, you know? Yeah. Well we all want to go outside. Yeah. It's but, uh, it's true. I'm like you know, a dog. Like go I outside just, responsibly. Uh, yeah. You know, you can go outside. Just uh, be be courteous. Be, be thoughtful. Be six feet away. Yeah. Go up on your yeah. roof if you have roof access, maybe. Yeah. I do not, sadly. Mm. Um, but I do have a park near me. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is a very nice park. I'm just afraid the park's going to be really crowded. Because that is that has been happening, unfortunately, a little bit. Yeah, that feels like it's probably going to be the case. Uh, that's what I'm sad about. Because I'm like, I need that park. But I also need to be careful. So we're, mm-hmm. all, we're all dealing with it. At least, at least it being nice out is like hopeful. There's mm-hmm. a hope to it. There's a hope to the sunshine that, you know, does not occur with most Brooklyn weather. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, totally. That's something. It's something. It's something to to go with, you know. Uh, how have you been? How you doing? Uh, I've been good. Yeah. Um, you know, just uh, just keeping on going. <laughs> uh, I am right now. I'm checking on a package that I'm expecting, which is my new bed frame. Oh, because. I'm pretty sure someone is stealing from our building. Oh, no. Um, Yeah. Yeah, we found a bunch of, I think I told you this off air, um, but we found a bunch of open packages up by the roof, like right by the door to the roof, and people just aren't getting things. Um, And so I was supposed to get a a cable and a, a mount so that I could use my phone as a webcam for streaming. Hell yeah. Uh, that didn't arrive um oh. or apparently it arrived but it is not there uh so yeah. i'm i'm hoping that you know bed frame is going to be a little too big for someone <laughs> to take but yeah. i kind of just want to like put out a fake package with just oh like a God. note in it that says like i know what you did oh, uh, that would be great <laughs> and just like bait the people into taking that and maybe just kind of scaring them a little bit you know yeah god it's it's Oh, it's so annoying. I've definitely had some weird stuff stolen. Like, I had a bunch of protein bars stolen, which is, like, the stupidest thing in the universe. And, like, I sure, like, I, I, you know, morally speaking, I wouldn't have a problem with, like, protein bars being stolen if they went to, like, somebody who needed food. But, like... Okay, sure, but... But, like, this is, like, a closed... Like, they were put in a locked area in a closed apartment building and it's like not like inexpensive right like people if you live here you probably don't need to steal my protein bars <laughs> like you know right. what i mean like it's just very frustrating it's like you know dude if you wanted a little touch of a power crunch i know they're delicious 
They're delicious like, and have, you know, 14 grams of protein and very few carbs. But, yeah. like, you know, you could ask. I'm a nice who person. Steals, I'll give you who one. Who, like, steals a protein bar? Who steals anyone's package? Like, that to me is just, like, a, yeah. that's absurd. Like, somehow stealing a package is, like, worse to me, morally speaking, than, like, yeah. pickpocketing. Like that. Oh, yeah. Okay, sure. At least there's a craft there. Yeah. Um, you know, there's there's, like, a a mythos to it you're doing sleight of hand you're doing all this cool stuff and whatever my wallet gets stolen like okay yeah it's a pain in the ass but like it's not like you've stolen something that i'm waiting for yeah, right and also like, like I've, I've ordered and i'm waiting for and with us i don't think it's someone in our building unless someone is lying but i really doubt sure. it i think it's yeah. someone who has the code and is coming into the building oh no yeah because uh, our building code has been the same since I moved in and a lot of people have moved in and out in that mm. time. So it's a disgruntled former. It could be neighbor. It could be. But why are you disgruntled at me? You should be gruntled right. at me. Like be like, disgruntled at the landlord. If you're exactly. grunt, if you're disgruntled at anyone, you know, if you're gruntling or you're dissing your gruntles, like aim it at the landlord. Exactly. Like they're the, the money grubbing person here. Not you. Yeah. <sighs> that's so frustrating it's so frustrating i get i get really irrationally mad about it too it's also like you don't know what's in there like right. it could be oh, sure it might be something good but like yo what if it's like i don't know the most boring thing on earth like protein bars aren't the most exciting thing you know like right. they're not and it, like you didn't get electronics you got protein bars yeah. just give it back if you don't and like, like the stuff that i got that was uh, lifted from me, it was like a USB cable and like just like a clip that attaches your phone to your... It, it was like maybe the total worth of that package was like $20. Yeah. Like, like it's not on. like you got like a, a new phone or computer parts or anything, but yeah. I guess maybe that is sort of the luck of the draw of the package thief, right? Because yeah. uh, you don't know what's inside. And I guess they don't want to just like open it and then if it's not good, leave it there. Right, because then you have to, you know, return to the scene of the crime or open it while you're there, which is, right. I'm sure, like the riskiest thing to do. Right? Yeah, right. Yeah, I guess you wouldn't do that because, you know, someone could come in. Uh, but we have a security camera. Like, I don't know why we can't. This seems like the kind of thing that should be very easy to to prevent. Yeah. Yeah. But also, you know, we're in a bit of a thing with our landlord right now. So oh, God. kind of hard yeah. to ask them for stuff That's right now. That's also very frustrating. Yeah. Landlords, just fucking just stop don't. it. Just don't. stop it. <laughs> That's what I have to offer. Hey, listen, I know there's clearly a lot of landlords that listen to this podcast. Surely. So many. Yeah, uh. they share it in their Facebook groups. <laughs> They're like big That's fans in between posts about how tenants are like just <laughs> blood suckers and like. <laughs> they definitely listen to this podcast. Mm -hmm. I, I just know it. We have a high landlord, uh, you know. Absolutely. Coefficient. That's that's statistics. right? There. Yeah. High landlord coefficient. Yeah. And it's just oh, it's the worst. It's absolutely the worst. It's just like we live in a society, you know? Yeah. And also, New Yorkers, come on. Come on, guys. Come on. You want, really? This is how you want to behave? Because you know what happens. It, it, this city is not big enough for people to behave in this manner. Because 
once people start doing this, society is going to start breaking down. And, yep. you know, it's going to become just escape from New York really quickly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, it's going to become a giant prison uh, where with all the bridges cut off and. Uh, yeah. What's Russell? Kurt uh, Russell, Kurt has, Russell to has to come in, in and yeah. do cool stuff and be like, call me Snake. <laughs> God, that fucking movie. I feel what a like good movie. It's a great movie and i feel like that's genuinely like how my parents see brooklyn right now Mm -hmm. like uh they they like my mom described it as a hellhole the other day on mother's day when i when we did a a facetime chat uh, a family-wide facetime chat and i was like excuse me you do not call my city a hellhole which is the most oh i guess i'm a new yorker now thing uh, that I've done in a long time. <laughs> mm-hmm. but yeah, they like they see the statistics about um, you know the disease, the uh, COVID, and then they're just like, "Wow, why would you want to be there?" And I'm just like, I don't know, because I'm not a piece of shit. Like I, I like the city that I live in. I think it's great. I the thing I hate about it is the subway, and I'm not on it right now. So like, whatever. I mean, obviously, we're not getting a lot of the benefits of living in New York right now. We don't have the rich, awesome cultural features. I can't go to MoMA right now, obviously. But, like, I don't... There is a sense of New Yorkers coming together. There is a sense of camaraderie. And when people steal packages and and do, like, dirty little shitty things like that, that just sucks. That hurts my my beautiful pride in this city. So so, so knock it off, thieves. (laughs) Yeah, I guess it <laughs> That's uh, what I hurts all of us. Uh, yeah. You know, yeah. Don't give us a bad just, rep. You're you're just cheating yourself. It's true. It's really true. And me, more importantly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And me for my protein bars. Yeah. How dare I know? It's like the most. I feel like the most Karen ass thing. Which can can I just for one moment? Say thank you to the internet for replacing Becky with Karen. Well, uh, oh yeah, I, w- I would argue that they're not like the exact same. Uh, sure, sure, b- sure. But but there's overlap, and I think we, as a culture, have moved on to. Yeah. Uh, Karen has become more of a focus. I would. Yeah. I would say. And my beef with it, it was only just that I, in my life, anecdotally, have known way more Beckys of color, like than white Beckys. That was oh, the thing I for see. me. That was the thing for me. Like most of the Beckys I've known. Sure. Yeah, like we're not white people. And I was just like, this sucks, y'all. All these Beckys out here who are not shitty white girls, that sucks for them. Like that's a it's a perfectly okay name. Like, I don't know. How do you Anecdotal. feel if your name became emblematic of uh Something like that of just like yeah, this, like this bad, trope, right? this stock figure. Yeah. If people were just like, oh, Danielle's are always doing like asking for the manager or whatever. Like, I'm, <laughs> I'm just curious. Like, yeah. What must sad. that feel like? What must that feel like to be sad. a Karen? To be like, because, of course, Karen is more of a spiritual kind of yes. uh, mode than it is like a literal name thing. But you got to feel like if that's your name, people are going to be using that. At any opportunity. Yeah. Like, your name just becomes punctuation, right? Yeah. Where somebody's just like, thanks, Karen. And it's funny, and it's good, but it's like, oh, no. What what do Karens of color 
feel like right now. That sucks. Like they they did nothing wrong. <laughs> like you know. That, yeah. I would be well, sad. I would be very sad if Danielle became like a, a bad thing. Like because it's a very negative connotation. It, it's not like uh, wacky white lady. It's shitty, entitled, bad, crappy, probably vaguely racist white lady. Uh, yeah. is, what, is what Karen means. And like, fuck. It's not a good thing. Becky, I feel like, was slight, slightly less negative well, and Becky, more, like, funny. It was, it was definitely, weird. like, yeah. It's weird because, like, on the one hand, it's, like, you know, uh, coming from Lemonade and yes. Uh, yes. the Beyonce reference. But then Becky yeah. is also a, like, horrible men thing. Like, Becky yeah. is, like, the female Chad for them. Yeah, yeah. And they, they despise her. So oh. it has, like, this multifarious connotation, and all of them are not great. Yeah, it's definitely true. It's definitely true. I, I also thought I saw that as a younger thing than Karen. Like, Karen feels like... I think probably there's, 55. like, a 10-year, yeah. <laughs> at least, uh, yeah. difference. My thing with these is, like, I don't know. It's It's always, like, I get it, and, like, it's funny and stuff, but then I always am, like... Is this just gonna like shade into like acceptable misogyny for some people? Like, I feel like there are always gonna be people who are like taking it to the point of just being like, oh, for you, this is just a fun way to talk about how you hate women. Yeah. Like, or like women who don't behave the way you would like them to. Um, and like obviously we should be making fun of uh people who are like doing shitty, like actually shitty yes. things. But like if it's like about like, you know, like dress or body stuff or like just even like like any kind of behavior that isn't actually like bad then like okay like let's just yeah that one we want to ease it off a little bit like because with the becky stuff too the way that that got used as like the female chad is like really horrifying um because it's like oh there's this cabal of beckys and chads that are all just fucking all the time and like that's why i don't have any sex unless i settle for like a five like yep Wow, those are some of the scariest people in the world to me. Yep, I fully, fully agree. Fully agree. Uh, I hate how easy it is for everything in the world to just devolve into racism, sexism, or both. Like, it just just feels like everything, like, this is why we can't have nice things in general in life, is because it goes into, or or, I guess, if not sexism, just misogyny, right? Like, Mm -hmm. just kind of sucks. Like, I don't know. And also, it feels like everything is more heightened now because everybody is more heightened now. Everybody's tense and anxious, even people who are otherwise have more normal brains than me, um, yeah. you know, or or many people. So it's like, <sighs> there's an extra layer here of things feeling a little, a little, a little tense, you know, a little yeah. tense. So I don't know. I don't have a solution. You know, I just ask questions. I don't have answers. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, look, I'm just asking questions. I'm not I'm, I'm not saying anything. Questions. Look, I'm just asking questions. <laughs> it's really true. God, it's really true. And it's hard to not engage on Twitter. I stopped engaging as much on Twitter for like several months. And yeah. that was great for me. And then I saw that my Twitter followers were starting to slip off. And I was like, oh, no. Oh, no, I've now come to this path. Numbers go down. The number, not like a lot, but like a couple hundred. And I'm kind of like, oh, God. well, I am a media person 
who lives in the hell year of 2020. So I do need Twitter and I do need to promote my things. Mm -hmm. So I need to be on Twitter maybe a little bit more. And that may not have been the right choice for my mental health, even if it was the right choice for my Job? Yeah, I don't, I don't think I need to be on Twitter more is like ever an accurate sentence sure. or statement. Yeah. I'm a big proponent of not being online and just having no idea what the fuck is happening <laughs> in any respect from the most important earth shaking events to the smallest, pettiest micro celeb beefs. I don't know yeah. anything. Yeah. And I'm loving it. I love being an idiot who just doesn't know anything <laughs> that's happening. Um, I Yeah, I am looking at TweetDeck right now, and I just have mentions. Uh, timeline, which is actually not my timeline, but a list with like 10 people who I follow. Oh, that's uh, beautiful. And I am ruthless with this list. Like, I have close friends who are not on here, and it is nothing to do with... Uh, how much I care about them or, sure. or how interested in their thoughts I am. But if you retweet one thing, it, it's a zero tolerance policy. If you quote tweet Charlotte Clymer to dunk on her once, I'm sorry, you're <laughs> out because I don't need this in my life. I get that it's funny and fun, but like, I know I'm curating my perfect timeline. Oh I'm curating God. an aesthetic here and um, I don't need that. So I just have my, uh, mentions, timeline, messages, and then the fanbite stuff. And uh, I, I don't need anything else. I don't miss it now. I d I've done it long enough that I don't miss um, going to my timeline and being like, oh, what's happening with everyone I know? Yeah. That sounds so healthy. I mean, so the downside free. is you don't know what's happening with everyone you know. So you do actually have to keep up with them in other ways. And that can be really hard. Yeah. Um, because we're kind of used to doing it this way now. But uh, for me, in the past few months, that has been an acceptable sacrifice to make. God, that sounds so good. That sounds really healthy. I really recommend that everyone try it for at least like a week and just see how it feels. Yeah. Uh, and maybe numbers will go down, but you know what? Sometimes numbers don't have to go up. I know that we are all about that at Fanblade, but... Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> numbers go up isn't always the most important thing. You're right. Or what numbers go up? Because, you know, you could also quantify your mental health and you want that number to go up. You Probably always want that number up. Maybe yeah. more so than you want your Twitter follower number to go up. You're right. You're right. You're absolutely right. Well, you know. Do you ever, are there things, this is a random, maybe funny thing, but do you ever not talk with your therapist about certain things? Because you know they're going to give you good advice that you just can't follow. Uh, yes, sometimes. <laughs> um, well, sometimes I just won't tell them about things that I am not because they're going to give me good advice, but because I'm afraid that they will disapprove yes. or, or try to like talk me out of it or something. Yeah. Um, and that's probably something that I should think about and work on more. But my hope is that in doing the rest of the work, I will be reducing the urges to do these things that I'm planning for that if I told them about, they might be uh, hesitant about. Yeah. Why? Yeah. Is Twitter one of those things that you don't I talk feel to like, your therapist with? I feel like I haven't brought it up with my therapist because I know he's he's just going to be like, Danielle, like, stop. You don't just have to look at the away. bad screen. Put it away. You don't have to look at it. You can look at the good screen instead <laughs> with the cars on it. Yeah. 
you know, with the cars on it. Yeah. Because I know you love, I know you love looking at the screen with cars on it. I like the things that go fast. That's fun Cargo. to watch. <sighs> and also old. Oh, God. I have been watching. Okay. Here's a fun thing. This is way more fun. I decided, Merritt, that I'm going to yeah. get really into Star Trek Voyager again. Oh, boy. I love that show so much. I love it so much. I think, you know, there's some quality issues. Uh, I think like half of the episodes. No, no, no. a third of the episodes are kind of dog shit. Hey, remember that episode of Star Trek Voyager where Janeway and that guy get turned into lizards and then they have sex as lizards? Yeah, and then she, he like is like, I'm oh, sorry I wasn't a gentleman or something. She's like, how do you know it wasn't me? Um, well, I watched an episode of Voyager last night. A good episode of Voyager. Uh, even okay. in early, it's like a season two good episode of Voyager. It's the one where there's two Voyagers. Like it gets split in a weird experiment. Okay. And one is like really fucked up and Ensign Wildman has her baby and the baby dies. Like really just bad, awful shit starts happening. But then they realize there's been a split and there's another Voyager mm -hmm. out there. And like Janeway has a whole scene with her counterpart Janeway where it's like, well, we're going to need to blow up one of these ships. Like one ship will self-destruct and one will survive. And, you know, sorry, spoilers for a 1996 fucking TV episode, but... Harry Kim also dies, so she sends, like, the other Harry Kim and the baby to one ship, and they just live there forever. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's actually a really good, like, very action-packed episode of this show. And, like, watching it, so I've watched all of Voyager several times. Uh, I've watched all of DS9 once. I've watched all of TNG several times. Like, I, I, this is just a thing I love, right? It's just me. It's just how I am. But, like... Voyager, every time I watch it, becomes more and more... Oh God, what a fucking... Well, here's a Karen-ass thing to say, but, like, becomes more and more relevant to me as I, like, get older and as I, like, ascend some ladders, I guess, in my own career. Like, the mere fact that there are women in, like, really yeah. great positions and they talk to each other about solving problems and they just are so good at it and so smart and so like it doesn't matter that it's like techno babble. It doesn't matter that they're talking about whatever fucking horse shit. Like it's just beautiful to watch Captain Janeway and Belana Torres be like geniuses together, and everybody else just watches and is like they're too smart for us. Like we'll just do whatever they say. Like there's something so wonderful about that, and like fantasy wish fulfillment about that for me that I don't care if they're talking about really stupid things. I am all the way in it. Also. Kate Mulgrew actually was so good. Like her performance is so nuanced and so good that I think she makes up for a lot of the terrible dog shit dialogue. I don't know. She's just, she's just on another level. She's on another plane in this show. The more I watch it, the more I get the sense that like there's layers to this performance that make it feel like Janeway herself, like the character was dealing with some level of mental illness but still kind of held it all together. Like, no matter what awful thing happened, she she still kind of was just like, all right, here's, you know, same shit, different day, and, like, just kind of did it, which is also somewhat inspiring to me. So, yeah, I, I, might, I might watch all of Voyager again. I might just do it. <laughs> I mean, 
Yeah. Like we have a piece up on the site that is actually from January uh, talking about, it's like, it's called a cynic's guide to Voyager. Yeah. Um, it's by Dylan Roth. who's written a lot about Star Trek for us and who's writing. I, I really like, and um, it's a great piece. basically it gives you like a, a guide if uh, to the show and talks about how like the biggest problem with the show really is that it had a great premise and then just threw it out the window um, <laughs> to just yeah. basically be more Star Trek. Like it, it, it was like, because for people who don't know, the premise of Star Trek Voyager is um, unlike, you know, um, DS9, which came out around the same time, yeah. was uh, was like, oh, we, we're all on this like, uh, you know, uh, airport, like space uh, airport, basically in yeah. like uh, a rebuilding uh, ex-colony of this militaristic power. And like, we're navigating all those situations. And that was different from other Star Trek too, but like Star Trek and then um, Next Generation are like, okay, we have we have like the spaceship that is like a luxury hotel, but also like a battleship essentially. <laughs> yeah. And uh, we have the backing of like this huge scientific military organization and resources are really like never an issue. Um, also because scarcity isn't really a thing in Star Trek because they can just like uh, make things out of nothing. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Voyager was like, Oh, we went into a wormhole. We're in a part of space that like no one has ever been before. It's going to take us like years to get back. I think um, 70 years. Yeah. How many? 70, 70 like a whole generation. Right. Like if, several if they just go, yeah. If they just go straight towards earth, it's going to take them like 70 years. Uh, but then so like, that's an interesting premise, right? Because it's like, okay, well these people, uh, a have to deal with being trapped on the ship together because at the beginning, um, this Maquis ship and the Maquis are like, depending like on your perspective, like they're like, yeah. Liberationists, freedom fighters slash terrorists who basically are like, uh, get messed up or get mixed up with Voyager. Like they end up on the ship. And so like, they have to integrate the crews and uh, deal with the fact that like, okay, we have a limited amount of resources, but then the show is just like, don't worry about that. Like, no, they have infinite photon torpedoes. Uh, they have infinite <laughs> shuttlecraft. Yeah. Uh, we have a holodeck that works just the same as everyone else's holodeck. Yeah. But uh, so like there's, a letdown, I think, because it doesn't live up to that premise. But there are like really interesting episodes um, that a like some of them explore the premise, and some of them are just like good Star Trek. Yeah, it, it also has like another thing that's a potential disappointment, uh, especially considering the context of it all. It has like some of the best women characters in the entire franchise. Like yeah, top definitely. to bottom, every woman character on that show is great, including Kess, who they kind of got rid of. Uh, in order to uh, make room oh, yeah, for seven of nine, nine. Yeah. who again everybody kind of expected to just be a hot like a hot woman with big boobs basically, but she actually ended up being like a very good performer, like a genuinely very good actress and a very good character. Even though the show became kind of a seven of nine show, uh, yeah. there was there was meat on them bones in some ways. The problem with Voyager uh, is that it doesn't fulfill the premise the promise of that and a lot of the male characters are just duds mm-hmm. like they tom went paris. in with promise yeah tom paris like who c- marries my okay Belana torres let's just i'll just be honest 
my first gay crush for real ever, <laughs> ever in my life. Like this show started when I was like 11 and it went through like my entire teenage years. And like, I didn't watch it obsessively in the last couple of years, but I did when I was young. Like when I was a young teenager, like when I was like 13, 14, I was obsessed with this show and I loved it. And I had no idea at the time that I would, you know, turn out as ultra queer as I did. But like, I thought Belinda Torres was like an ideal like person. <laughs> like she was like super smart. She was very conflicted, which is in itself a whole ass thing. Cause she's like a half Klingon woman has like, it's all kind of a metaphor for like mixed mm-hmm. heritage. Uh, and it's, it, yeah. it, it doesn't land all the time, but occasionally there's some weight to it. I think uh, certain episodes, but other, otherwise like just like an unbelievably smart, strong, like athletic, but also yeah. like a genius engineer and also like really hot and like, you know, has like, this is a very horny show and there's a lot of like female sexuality that's explored on this show in not terrible ways sometimes. Um, mm-hmm. So that's a lot of, of good stuff. But then like you have these dud ass male characters that start out with a lot of promise. Like Ensign Kim is supposed to be this like cute, young, naive guy where like, yeah, like you could go somewhere interesting with this. And it, it was kind of supposed to be an examination of like an Asian American, like golden boy, like where his parents really kind of doted on him. And then he's out in the middle of the wilderness, like having to survive and not being around other, like, you know, being around his family and things like that. And Chakotay also like uh, a man of color, like he was supposed to be an interesting uh, indigenous person. And like, they just went nowhere. Oh my God. I feel so bad for, um, who's that actor's name? Robert Beltran. Right. I feel like he's talked about it having just been like a, a miserable experience. Yes. Is that- he has. Well, he's, he's just been like, no offense. I just like, oh, my God. Well, like, he's like a good actor. And he, he was just is. like given this bullshit to do. Yeah, it, it really sucks. They just really didn't do much of these characters. Like a couple of the dudes are kind of good I mean, standouts. The like, doctor, the obviously. Good. Yeah. Who uh, is a hologram played yep. by Robert Picardo. <laughs> yep. Who is supposed to be just the emergency backup in case something right, happens to Right, because all the medical the staff doctor. is killed, right? Yeah, they're all dead. Uh, <laughs> so he has to be on all the time. And so he becomes kind of like a real person as opposed to just a hologram that's used for emergencies, uh, which is an interesting concept. And they do a lot with it. They do a lot with that character. Uh, I think he was kind of a fan favorite. So he got a lot of time to shine. But like... Tuvok, they don't do, they do some things with Tuvok, but they don't do that much. Like, there's just all these opportunities with genuinely good and interesting premises for characters. Like, it's probably the most diverse Star Trek cast for the time as well. Like, sure, yeah. a lot of different people of different races, different cultures, a lot of people who are uh, biracial. And then just like, all right, uh, what do we do this week? Okay, the, the lizards are fucking. Like, <laughs> there's a lot of that, right? There's a lot. Um, so I definitely appreciate people who, who were pretty disappointed in it. There is, I think, enough of it that comes through. There is enough promise that comes through. There's enough of these great, uh, women leads that do, like, get time to shine, even if it's not as much as it maybe should be, for me to enjoy it. But it's also, Mm -hmm. like, yeah, it's super valid. There's a lot of... In, in other hands, this could have been the fucking coolest thing in the universe. And instead, it's like a very flawed, uh, but still interesting show. <sighs> yeah. Anyway, <laughs> that's my Star Trek moment or several, I guess, this week. 
Uh, Merritt, do you want to talk about something you worked on this week that was especially cool? Uh, yeah, sure. So um, earlier this week, we published a piece by a writer named Virginia Payne. Nice. Uh, and it's about negative space. And um, Virginia is a comic artist. But uh, this piece is about the use of negative space in games. And uh, that's like a concept that is, it's used in comics a lot. It's used in visual art. It's just about the idea of having like, you know, empty space that serves different purposes that like gives the eye a place to rest or uh, draws attention to something else. And um, she's basically just talking about the ways that games use that to better and worse effect. But in games, those kinds of uh, gaps and pauses can also be for technical effect, right? Mm. So um, thinking about a game like Silent Hill, the fog uh, serves a technical purpose, right? By masking pop-in. Yeah. But it also gives this like atmospheric feel to the game that would be totally absent if it weren't there. Uh, so it's doing these like these two things at once. And similarly in Mass Effect, I don't know if you remember the first game, but yeah. there were those long elevator sequences. Oh, totally. <laughs> because it was loading the next area. And uh, those, again, were like, are kind of infamous as like these very long sequences where nothing's happening or people are just like talking uh, about nothing. But <laughs> yeah. They're also just kind of, yeah, these like downtime moments where like your your characters are just sort of like chatting with one another. Uh, and there's like some kind of, there's like some value in that. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I, it's, uh, it's interesting. I love hearing people's perspectives on games who are trained in like other, um, in other forms. Yeah. Because this to me is not something that I would have ever really thought about. And bringing this like comics perspective to it um, I feel like is really making me think about some of the games that I've been playing in different ways. Hell yeah. That's extremely cool. I, I also really enjoyed that. I, I, I really enjoy there's I God, I can't even think of the name of it. Um, and I feel bad now because there's a really cool like quarterly publication that looks specifically at architecture and games. Hmm. And I will I will find it and put it in the show notes because it's really awesome and they do really cool work. But yeah, I, I I really enjoy that. There's there's a lot of like just perspectives that I wouldn't think of as uh, somebody who has no training in classical art. <laughs> but yeah, mm -hmm. that's fucking awesome. Was there anything else that was uh, that stands out? Um. Yeah. No. I mean, like. Um... <laughs> That was my main one. There, yeah, I can totally. talk about other things, but what about you? Uh, the the most fun I had this week was probably making this really goofy video about Animal Crossing characters. Mm -hmm. Um, I made a video. It was sort of um, sort of clutching a failed experiment from the jaws of death and doing something different with it because I was going to make a video based on Dylan's incredible sort of tier list, like he did this Herculean effort. Like, he, he made this incredible list of every single Animal Crossing uh, New Horizons villager and, like, ranked them and talked about, like, how cool their houses were or how cute they were or, like, what their popularity was. Like, just all these factors that went into it. Mm. And I was like, oh, we should, like, highlight that in some way in a video. And so I did this whole thing where I was, like, going to scroll through the whole thing. But it just looked like shit. 
was just kind of a disaster. And so I, I, I sort of sat on it for a little while. And then I accidentally tabbed over to, like, the left screen on my iPad one day um, where, like, the little Apple News scroll was. And it's, like, all, you know, dire news and, and sad things. And then, of course, there was, like, one headline that was, like, every Ben & Jerry's flavor, you know, ranked. And I was like, oh, it's kind of like the Animal Crossing thing. And then I was like, oh, wait, wouldn't it be fun if I decided, you know randomly and based on my uh, good taste like what Ben and Jerry's flavor goes with Animal Crossing villagers so I, I made that video it was really fun I uh I had a lot of fun uh gathering my materials uh researching my sources uh mm-hmm. you know looking at the Ben and Jerry's flavors as they are I'm a I'm a big fan just in general I like ice cream a lot and I like Ben and Jerry's ice cream especially because I like having things like cookies and candy in my ice cream I think that's delicious. yeah uh so yeah like it was just really fun it was just a fun little project that I did and like again I don't like expect our videos to pop off video is not like our our like biggest area we definitely do a lot of amazing streams but like you know for like a little social video I didn't spend that much time on it but really had fun with it and there are times where just connecting with this skill that I have that to put a little bit more time and effort into editing something was I don't know it's just really fun I was really happy with it yeah it's fun yeah it's a quick little thing but sometimes those are the best so yeah that and I I also had a lot of fun on fan fight this week on the fighting podcast where I introduced LB to Angela Hill who's one of my favorite fighters uh kind of of all time who is the first African American woman in the UFC uh and she actually like had a really wild career where she got cut and then uh got a belt like the championship in uh the all women fighting promotion and she's back in the UFC now and she has her first co-main event tomorrow actually uh oh, wow. which is just wild like just a wild career really cool person really like funny and awesome person we did when i worked at waypoint we did uh an episode of our little documentary series about her so just always been a fan uh she does a lot of cosplay actually like oh, when she cool. weighs in for fights she'll be like a street fighter character and like goes nice. on and she'll do like the animation even the like old 1992 like uh winning animation type of thing it's like it's really cute it's really cool rules. So, yeah she's so awesome that's uh angela hill who good luck i hope she wins uh tomorrow her first co-main event so uh super exciting she's like on the poster and everything which is like super exciting so yeah that's uh that's what i'm i'm all about this week was there anything else you wanted to discuss before uh closing office hours uh, no, I think I'm good. I'm gonna try and maybe get outside and get some of this uh, sun before it sets. Yeah, it's a good idea. I like that idea. I think I will too. Maybe I'll run today with a mask, you know, but I'll run, you know? Awesome. Do you want to take us out? Yeah. Uh, so if you want to hear more of our podcasts, go to fanbyte.com slash podcasts. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Fanbyte Media. And, uh, you know, rate and review our podcasts if you can, please. Just, uh, you know, make it a little, make a day of it. It's just you all, get all the podcast deals into done in a day and then give yourself a little treat. Yeah. And uh, you can follow Danielle on Twitter at Danielle R.I. And you can follow me on Twitter at Merrick K. 
And I think that's about it. Oh, uh, twitch.tv slash fanbite. We've been streaming a lot this week. And uh, we will probably continue streaming more next week, too. Yeah. Check that out. Those have been very fun. I mostly watch them. I don't do as much streaming as I as I mean to, but I sure enjoy watching them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, do you want to uh, try to close things up? Absolutely. So thank you, everybody, for listening. And uh, until next time, office hours are closed for business. Bye. Bye.